I'll be back with another full 15 minutes of all the late news at 11 o'clock. Coming up, Gene Shepard. figure this one out. It says, uh, I see advertised a lifetime membership in a weight-reducing salon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a stifle the brain. to take time out right now to salute Pomposity. I think Pomposity. Hey, uh, that's one of the great lines I, I remember from a play. I'll give you I'll give you a, a, give you a, a question. Uh, this is a, not really a trivia question. It's a literary question. A character in a play stood center stage and looked out at the audience with imperious with a great, vast imperiosity, he looked out over the audience and he said, I quote, Mendacity, boy. Mendacity, boy. That's what the world is about. Mendacity. Mendacity. <laughs> I do that well, don't I? Who was the actor and what was the play? I thought, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. And uh, speaking of uh, pomposity, I'd like to salute. Uh, we got a note here from one of our spies. He said, uh, Shepard, he said, do you know now that the trash cans are labeled at Rutgers University? He says, do you know how they label them now over at Rutgers? He says in big letters, anti-pollution receptacles. He says, uh, can there be anything more pompous than an organization with pompous garbage cans? <laughs> I don't make the news, friends. <laughs> yes, I'm flouting a dead horse. Uh, speaking of flouting dead horses, we have been uh, just uh, late. Uh, I guess it's the spring. Uh, we've been inundated uh, by uh, completely uh, out-of-control requests 
from people for Shepard to play more of his nose flute and more of his uh, Jews harp. And I think, it, uh, you know, to salute the fact that summer is not too far away and, I, you know, I just feel the sap rising all over the place, I say to hell with it, let it all hang out, right? So what do you say? Come on, one, two, three, four, bring it up big. second side there, please. You will, Herbert. We'd like to salute these group of vigilant law officers out in Corona, California, if we may, at this point, according to the United Press. Out in Corona, California, Orange County Sheriff's deputies alerted by vigilant citizens to a big teenage narcotics party, quote, in the foothills of the Santa Ana Mountains, surrounded the area, closed off all escape routes, blocked all the roads, and then moved in. They awoke 50 sleeping Boy Scouts on a camping trip. The deputies apologized to the Scouts and left. Please. <laughs> it's the spring. All together, gang. Now, come on, let's go in Washington and the swing. I think this is a Jews' art number. <clears throat> Okay. 
somebody else here in Washington. I like to salute the, um, I don't know how to say this, but uh, I think a new, a new subject uh, for study should be uh, rampant dildockery. I am serious. It's, a, it's, a, it's an important problem. Did you see the, uh, the quote from uh, the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare, HEW? Well, they have proposed a $23,000 study to find out why tiny tots fall off tricycles. Did you hear about that? Oh, it's a whole big study. You can find out why to get study, you know. Uh, the title of the proposed study, uh, Representative William Shirley of uh, Iowa said that Thursday, and he's very mad about it, <laughs> the title of the proposed study is, and we quote, the evaluation and the paratamerization of stability and safety performance characteristics of two- and three-wheel vehicular toys for riding. That's a long-involved title meaning they're going to figure out why people fall off bikes. Well, I suppose H.E.W. can do something. Uh, ultimately, you know, the study proves that there's a thing called the law of gravity. And uh, <laughs> they'll come up with that, that there's a strange force <laughs> that pulls down on people. And uh, by George, uh, we should pour everything we've got into defeating this force. Just realize what would happen. Uh, airplanes wouldn't fall down anymore. And uh, but that, this is the kind of study I think I'd like to get involved in. You know, I can't, can't you see them doing it? I can see them getting a whole bunch of little kids, you know, to ride tricycles back and forth and taking pictures in slow motion as kids fall off. And uh, <laughs> twenty-three grand. Well, I, of course, that's a small study actually. When you take twenty-three thousand dollars, you could, you know, you can't buy much for twenty. You can't buy much of an investigation, high-level investigation for twenty-three grand. Probably half an hour or so. 
I'd sit around and talk about it. But uh, this uh, this kind of thing, uh, you know, is, is, is part of our time. We have to accept that, you know, speaking of, uh, of uh, you know, high-level investigations, uh, I don't know whether you've ever gotten yourself involved in really high-power electrical equipment. Uh, not many people have. They've driven past things. Uh, they see those mysterious machines over in the corner there of a field with a big high chicken wire fence around it and red and white signs that say danger, high voltage. And uh, they never really gotten involved in anything like that except to drive past it and uh, just look at it. Now, I suppose I shouldn't tell you a story about uh, this guy because this, kind of, this time of the year, you see, is a, very, is a very nervous time of the year for me. Because it was just at this time of the year, just an early spring, that one of the great—I'd have to say—one of the uh, one of the prime educational moments of my life occurred. I I think that I think there's a certain kind of person who, by the luck of the draw, and it has to be that. It has nothing to do with old times, good times, now times, yesterday times, tomorrow times. It's the luck of the draw that a person uh, who has somehow managed to escape traumatic experience, I mean, really fantastic things that get completely out of hand, where you're, where, you know, you're just, you're just, you're just a tiny cork bobbing on a vast sea of power. If you've been able to escape that throughout most of your life, you can have a somewhat fallacious view of uh, the pitfalls that are available in life. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? In other words, I'm saying that, that once you've gone through the Johnstown flood, you look at all rivers suspiciously. And uh, I didn't go through this, but I'm just saying I just I know that this is the way it must have affected people. Uh, I I, uh, I know that uh, I my feeling about things has been you know affected by many things as as is the case with yourself, but uh, I have had the. Uh, I suppose fortunate on one hand and misfortunate on the other hand, I have had the uh, a life which has been dotted with the cataclysmic uh, encounters with high voltage equipment. Now, uh, most of you think getting a shock is a big thing when you get a shock out of the wall plug, right? <laughs> that friends is greasy kid stuff. I mean, really, that's like that's like thinking that the the time you set off the lady cracker, and it went pop, that from that day on you knew about heavy artillery. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yes, indeed. Speaking of high voltage electrical equipment, this is W O R New York. Fifty thousand big fat watts. Now you they they're not to be compared with the watts that you have in your light bulb. You look at your light bulb and say, Well, what do you mean I got a hundred watts right here in this thing? Fifty thousand watts isn't so much. Well, these are different kind of watts. Mean watts. RF watts. <laughs> oh, they'll burn you to a crisp, friend. And uh, speaking of getting burned, we have a couple of commercials here. Let's see. Hey Sabres, March thirty first should be good news for most of you, because on that day. Most banks will credit interest your savings account. 31st. Some at 5% a year, some as low as 4%. Interest is credited and available in most banks every three months. Now, the important question is, will you have to wait another three months before you get another dividend credited to your account? It's a good question. Well, customers of Provident Savings Bank won't have to wait because Provident credits dividends every month, monthly. 
Provident Savers get their 5% dividends posted to their account on the last day of this month and every month thereafter. In fact, it starts the day you put your money in the bank. Provident wants you to get the most out of your savings. And you don't have to live in Jersey. You can join over 82,000 other Provident Savers from all over the U.S. Now, these are non-Jersey people who know that Provident has never missed paying a dividend in 132 years. You can bank by mail and get that 5%. Just write Provident, take care of me, W-O-R, New York, 10018. Or you can phone MU2-6800 right now. Operators are standing by. Member FDIC. I think I'll do a Great Shanghai. Do you mind? i do a quickie Great Shanghai here. It's, uh, you know, for those of you who dig Chinese cooking, and I'm one of them, I think everybody really likes Chinese cooking. Really good Chinese cooking is really superb. But there are many different styles. You know, most people just have this one standard style. Uh, but there are many styles. There's uh, the sweet and sour dishes from Hunan in the center of China, the highly spiced and fiery dishes from Sichuan in the west, the succulent flavors from Peking in the northeast, and the delicious Cantonese specialties in the south is what most people have. Well, you can get all of these because they have they have uh, great chefs from all the... They have master chefs from Sichuan, Shanghai, Peking, and Canton, from all those different places. They're, they're, they're natives of these areas. And they cook at the Great Shanghai, which is up at 103rd. And they have an enormous menu. I mean an enormous menu. These are fantastic menus. If you've never seen the Great Shanghai menu, you haven't really seen what a big menu can be like. And you ought to try the Great Shanghai Sunday brunch. They have a buffet from 11 to 4 on Sundays. All you can eat for two seventy-five, And children under 4 feet tall are only a buck and a half. That's the Great Shanghai Broadway at 103rd. And there's an IRT that comes right up there. It's right up there by Columbia. That's the Great Shanghai Broadway at 103rd. Okay? All right, uh, you golf cuckoos. Here is a special announcement for you. TAP, the Intercontinental Airline of Portugal, has put together a fantastic golf tour of Portugal. Now, that includes... Round trip economy airfare and listen to the price. This is eight days playing some of the most spectacular golf courses in the world. Oh man, can you see yourself slicing one into the ocean on the coast of the Algarve with that magnificent sun shining down? The entire tour is $299 and includes round trip economy airfare, prices subject to government approval, and you'll have the absolute time of your life if you're a golfer. Call your travel agent or the people at TAP for complete details. Now, the number in New York is 421-8500. Now, you better get on that fast, man, because there's going to be a lot of people and you want to be one of the first in line on that tee. What a country. What golf courses. <laughs> I don't know what the word for is in Portuguese, but you'll learn, you know. For you travelers planning to use Kennedy Airport during the holiday, here's a word from the Port Authority. Parking lots at Kennedy, especially the reduced-rate dollar-a-day lot, may be full. You can avoid such parking problems by using public transportation, taxi, bus, or airport limousine. Check the yellow pages for services available in your area. Or maybe a friend can drive you to the airport and pick you up. But leave your car at home instead of at the airport. The Port Authority wishes you a pleasant trip. All right. Uh, you let me know. Now, I've done two. Do you want me to do one now or later? It's up to you. Later? Okay. All right. I have to check with the chief there. 
Uh, you know, speaking of, uh, of, of traumatic experiences, I, I, the, the following uh, program, the following story could have uh, somewhat, uh, let's say, traumatic underbelly tones there for you if you don't, uh, if you're a nervous person, so I shouldn't tell you. But one of the moments that I had in my life dealing with high-voltage equipment, ever since I was a kid, and, of course, I was attracted uh, to electronics at a very tender age, and I began to build radios. The first majestic shot of, of uh, high voltage that I had, I mean, it was majestic, came when I was about 12. I had, uh, I had, uh, I had, I was building a, a radio, a building a, 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 an actual, well, I was building, to, if you know, if you're interested in what I was building, I was building a, a seven-tube, single-signal, regenerative superhead. Yes, that's a specialized piece of equipment. It was, it was for amateur radio listening, and I was building this very highly involved piece of gear. Not in a kit, either. That's the point I must make. It was, not, it was building it from scratch. Big difference. It didn't say, connect uh, L1 to L3 with a green wire one and a half inches long. Did not say that at all. I was reading a diagram, sweating over it, uh, deciphering a diagram which I had gotten from Allied Radio for 25 cents. And uh, I had bought this power transformer at enormous expense. I bought a power transformer which was uh, when finally uh, the rectifier had done its work. Uh, the rectifier in this case, in case you're curious, was an 80, an 80 rectifier. Had an 80 tube had done its work, I should have gotten probably out of it roughly 275 DC volts, which is a fairly good shot at 150 mils, give or take a few mils. It'll give you a nice jolt, but that isn't where I got the jolt. I was uh, I was putting this thing, uh, I was building it. See, and I was I had measured the chassis. And I, I had laid it all out, you know, you laid all, all the parts out. And I had a blank chassis, which was uncut. This a chassis is the metal chassis that, upon which all the parts are, ba are mounted, see. And I took a, a, a chisel. I had, I had marked out the, the, uh, the bottom of the power transformer. I had to cut a hole two and a half inches by three and a half inches that's to lower the transformer in to mount it in correctly, seeing the leads come out the bottom. So I took this cold chisel. And I went down in the basement, and I had this, this, this old railroad iron, a chunk of railroad iron, which my old man had. He used it to pound stuff on, see. And it makes a great anvil, just a chunk of a rail, see. And so I took the, the, uh, the chassis, and I turned it over, and I start to knock this piece of, of metal out with the cold chisel. See, I'm chopping away in a line that I mean. I'm pounding like that, see. Well, I finally get the hole. Well, it took me about a half a day to cut that hole out and to, uh, to take a shoe. I took, took a, a file, you know, and I filed it down. And now there it is. See, it's a great-looking hole. I drilled the corners out where the transformer sat down in it, and I lowered the transformer into it, and it looked so good there. I mean, I, I tightened it up, and there it was. It was mounted. Oh, what a sense of, what a sense of uh, accomplishment. And uh, I must tell you, I was older than 12. I say I was about 14 at this point. A real sense of accomplishment. I got this baby in, see? It looks so good there. Well, now, this was a brand new Thordarson transformer. You ever hear of Thordarson transformers? It depends on how you pronounce it. Thordarson, Thordarson, Thordarson. Okay. So 
and and it was a power transformer. It had 6.3 volts for the filaments, and it had uh, it had uh, roughly, I would say, uh, I'm trying to think now what it had uh, on each side of the center tap, about uh, 400 volts on each side of the center tap. It's about maybe 500 volts on each side of the center tap. About, yeah, roughly 500 volts AC on each side of the center tap for the power supply. And uh, I was really proud of this thing. I had gone up to Allied Radio and I brought it back and it's, you know, it came packed in a box with all kinds of packing in it and, and it had the wiring diagram. Not the wiring diagram, actually the, the, uh, the uh, code, color code leads, you know. The, the green was, uh, was the 6.3 volts. <laughs> the the black and green was the center tap, and and the two black leads were the ACC and so on. All right. So old Shep, you know, he says, "Gee, that looks great. I wonder if it. Uh, I wonder if I've mounted it right so that it will not vibrate and will not hum. You see, when I when I put the power supply, when I put the uh, AC in. So I said, well, I think I'll just try it. So I take the AC. Uh, I had an AC cord which I attached, just twisted it. I twisted it to the two black leads which were the 110 volt here i am of course i'm very diligently setting up a very 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 memorable educational experience <laughs> and i think man walks right into the grinder always i don't think man ever learns anything i think he walks into each succeeding grinder with head up with bands playing and with the drum major out in front so i i put the leads there and i I plug it in, and it sounded, mm, it's working. I can hear that faint hum, my power transfer. Mm, it's going, mm, mm. So I very carefully took the six and three-tenths volt leads, see, and I wanted to see what the transform was working. I go, yeah, I got a spark. We will draw the curtain over what the next move I made, which uh, anybody who knows anything about Transformers knew that I was inevitably drawn to do it, but I did it. So I took, <laughs> I took the, two, the two red leads, which were the high-voltage leads, and I said, I wonder what kind of a... I just wonder whether or not the secondary is really working over in the high-voltage section there, see? So I take these two leads like this, I hold them like that, and I remember I'm down in the basement... You got it? What is uh, true of basement floors in general, friends? That is right. They are damp, correct? Now, uh, to even add insult to injury, I am, I am wearing a pair of uh, real ricky-ticky sandals. It is uh, spring. And I'm down there. I had about as much insulation, friends, as uh, the average copper cooking pot has on it, see? So I'm down there in a the basement. I take these two leads... And I'm holding the two leads, and I don't recall why it happened, except that I, my, my chassis was standing up on end. You remember, I'm un, underneath it. It's up on end. When I took the two leads, and the chassis started to fall over. And as the chassis started to fall over, the leads slipped through my hands, and for one brief incandescent moment, I had both 500-volt leads, one in my left hand, one in my right hand, and... Well, it was an absolute foolproof test on whether my transformer was working. I knew for an absolute certainty that my transformer was not only working, but was working damn well. 
blew the fillings right out of my teeth. <laughs> I want to tell you that. <laughs> my hair stood up straight for three years later. And I might point out also, it stunted my growth. They tell you that if you take enough shocks before a certain point in your life, you just won't grow. Say, <laughs> what a shock. Oh, holy smokes. Well, that was the beginning of, a, of, a, of an illustrious career spent continually battling and getting, uh, getting hit in the head by various types of electrical pieces of equipment. Uh, the next great adventure I had, <laughs> see, man is inevitably drawn. He cannot, he cannot, he cannot pull himself back from this. Uh, one year later, I am now on the air. I've got my transmitter going, saying I'm really on top of the world. And as you as you know, any of you out there who are hams know that now I'm not messing with with receiving equipment. I'm messing with transmitting equipment. And that great struggling, I had gotten myself a UTC transformer, a United Transformer Corporation transformer, high voltage, which gave me roughly 1,250 volts of DC. <laughs> bump, ba dump, bump. I want to tell you, if you don't know much about voltages, friends, that the, back in the heyday of, uh, of uh, the electric chair, the hot seat, the average voltage used by the average operator of the average hot seat was around 2,000 volts AC. Well, here I am playing around with voltage which approaches that. You agree, don't you, Herbert? Yes, indeed. And uh, it is lethal. I mean, in the, in the best sense of the word, it is lethal. Well, I had the 1,250 volts. And, uh, and of course, I had all the usual safeguards, which mean I had a 64-cent uh, bleeder resistor in there, <laughs> which I thought, you know, would have made it safe, plenty safe. Uh, I had a, a switch on it, which it said off and on. Figured when I turned it off, it was off. When I turned it on, it was on. Well, that was a very bad error. For those of you who are not familiar with the processes that go into... Uh, into the rectification and the filtering of uh, AC current producing a DC, uh, condensers have a tendency to store up power, to store up uh, uh, a lot of power. So one day, I have, I have, my rig has been off now. I have not even been working with this rig, say, for about three days, which is probably what saved my skin. I, had I done it the day after, it would have been goodbye, Charlie. But uh, uh, my rig has now been off the air for about three days. See, so I'm on top of the world. I come in after school one day. I'm nine feet tall. I'm a, a clear-eyed, uh, hard-hitting youth type. See, and I walk into my, my uh, front bedroom where my rig was, and it was on a rack and panel. You see, I had built it up on this, this four-and-a-half-foot rack, which I had bought at great expense from Allied Radio, and it sat on this desk. And it had shelves. Uh, there were three different shelves. One, two, three. Now, the, uh, the, the top shelf was the final stage of the transmitter. The middle shelf was the modulator. The bottom shelf was the power supply. And I figured if I stayed away from the power supply, I'm safe. <laughs> well, <laughs> I walk into my, my pad there, you know, and I said, I think I'll go on the air. And I, I look up to the top, and I see that I have the 40-meter coils in. 40 meters, see, so, so I think I'll go on 20 this afternoon. And without any further ado, and without thinking any more about it, I grabbed the whole of the, the part of the, uh, the, the metal, incidentally, I don't have to tell you, the metal rack and panel to brace it up, reached up, 
And I grabbed the hold of the final tank coil, which was a B&W banana plug-in type coil. I was going to withdraw it to put in the 20-meter coil. And as my hand lands on the coil, boom! Well, the next thing I knew, I'm under the day bed. And uh, <laughs> not kidding you, I'm under the day bed. <laughs> I have been blasted across the room. And, and my hand in clutching <laughs> convulsively, ah, you know, <laughs> as I'm about to de depart this world, my hand in clutching had not only crushed the coil to smithereens, which was my valued possession, but in backing off, I had pulled over the entire rocket panel, which broke every meter that I had in the rig, busted a TZ-40 tube, and completely ruined my life for months to come. I want to tell you, that was the second, <laughs> second encounter with the dynamic forces that lie just under every privet hedge, waiting to leap at you. Now, the third and the, 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 the most cataclysmic of all, of course, I have saved to last, like all good storytellers. These are just, pre, uh, these are just uh, prelims. That's all I got to say. They're prelims. And I will tell you what the re now. Before I do that, I have a couple of little ding dongs here. For one, for all of you kids, this is a very important thing. Now, there's two big things that are going to happen. Uh, <laughs> for all of you kids, and I've been looking forward to this for months. I've, I've been invited by the library uh, because of my storytelling and my my uh, my writing in Playboy, and because of Wanda Hickey, which I hope most of you have got. Uh, I've been invited by the Donnell Library Center and, in fact, uh, invited by the Young Adult Services of the New York Public Library System to come and do a special show, free, of course, in the afternoon for kids. And this is only for high school kids. At 4 p.m., Monday, April the 3rd. Now, I repeat, this, uh, get it straight. Don't call a station instantly because they, they don't know. They don't even know I work here. So don't call up here. It's a... Uh, it's, uh, Monday, April the 3rd, 4 p.m., and it's going to be at the Donnell Library Center Auditorium. It's the auditorium of the library there at 20 West 53rd Street in Manhattan. And we're going to do a show there. Uh, the auditorium will open at 3.30. It's not a show. We're going to have a question and answer period. We're going to tell. In fact, the subject is how to tell a good story, and I'll tell a few to illustrate. Okay. And uh, the auditorium opens at 3.30, kids only, no ticket required. I repeat, it's going to be Monday the 3rd, 4 p.m., Donnell Library Center. That's Donnell Library Center, the auditorium, at 20 West 53rd Street in Manhattan. And it's sponsored by the Young Adult Services of the New York Public Library. And it's, it's going to be fun. Now, all you kids come on down, and we're going to do a ding-dong. It's going to be more fun, really, I think, than our press conferences. And uh, we got another big thing. All right, now listen, I, I, uh, I, I'm just going to have to tell you again, we've been getting letters and people have been calling up, please don't call here. Here's the whole dope. Staggerwing Productions is presenting me. I'm going to do a big live show over in Jersey, Red Bank, New Jersey, in the Carlton Theater. That's right downtown of Red Bank, and it's easy to get to. It's just off the Garden State Parkway. And there's only one performance, one, and it will be at 8 o'clock, April the 7th. Now, it's a Friday night. So get your babysitter and all that. Now, here's how you get the tickets. 
you just call the Ticketron outlet nearest you, and you can find out they're all over Jersey and all over New York, and you call this number, area code 212-644-4400. They'll tell you where the nearest one is. That's area 212-644-4400. Or you can call the box office. That's the Carlton Theater in Red Bank, area 201-747-3800. Now, there's no excuse. There's Ticketron outlets all over Jersey and all over New York. Get your tickets now. April the 7th. That's a Friday. Okay. Now, uh, <laughs> speak your big things. Uh, let's see, I have Book Find Club here. I think I better do the Book Find Club. Did you ever, uh, speaking of books, uh, I, you know, I feel a little embarrassed telling you about the Book Find Club because most people know about it. But uh, they, they, they have great books, and if you've had trouble finding books, and, you, and a lot of people have had this problem, man, you get out of your, to your bookstore, and, uh, you know, I dig bookstores, but uh, they're, they're so incomplete today. Uh, very few really great bookstores in the nation and if you live out in the country someplace or live somewhere where you can't really get books the way you want to get books, you should know about the Book Find Club because uh, every year they have a great collection of books available at great savings, by the way. They also they also uh, send you a couple of good bonuses, like, for example, Our Gang. Uh, both of these will be sent to you for $1. Our Gang and also, uh, let's say, The Defense Never Rests by F. Lee Bailey. That's a pretty good buy. So if you'd like to find out about the Book Find Club... Just call them at MU72552. And all you have to buy is two books in a year and you remain in the in the club. That's MU72552. Okay? Give them a call. Now, and, you know, speaking of uh, other vast forces, uh, if you've never had anything happen to you really <laughs> that, that is completely out of your control, you tend to feel you can control everything. Now, I think this is one of man's great, uh, and, and this is particularly true of kids. I think that kids have, have always, most kids, they haven't had uh, enough experiences, uh, because after all, uh, you haven't lived long enough to have many. Uh, and, and also, you're only in school where the, where the environment is very carefully protected and controlled. And, uh, and so you tend to feel that everything can be controlled. I mean, if, if anything, you know, some fantastic cataclysmic thing happens outside, well, who, you know, who loused up? How come, you know? Uh, there are forces beyond which, oh, man. And I'll tell you that the day that I, that I learned about forces over which you have no control, and also it, dealt, it deals with, with, with really high voltage, really high voltage. I'm, I'm just a kid, and I'm 16. When this happened to me, it was in the summertime, and I had just gotten, actually, my first job. It was a job, a summertime job. I had to have a work permit, you know, a special kid permit to work in this place, and it was in a steel mill. And it was in the Inland Steel, and it was not too far from where I lived, and a steel mill is a gigantic complex. I'm going to tell you, if you've never been in a steel mill, there's no way really to describe it to you. It's a. Uh, it's not a factory. It's much more than that. It's a whole. It's a whole. It's like being in a war. It's like being in a city. It's like. Uh, it's like being in in some other planet. It has its own its own uh, its own sights and smells and sounds. And the thing about a steel mill, of course, is the forces that are so enormous that go to make up steel. Are really beyond the comprehension of uh, any of us, really. For example, can you imagine taking a piece of metal, a 
a cold metal. I'm not talking about hot metal. I'm talking about cold metal. A piece of cold metal that is an ingot, that is a big, uh, a chunk of metal, let's say three or four feet square, maybe two feet square, that thick, big thick thing. And it's about six or seven feet or eight feet long. It's a big, heavy piece of cold iron, steel. And and you have such forces that you can put on it. You you put a if you can imagine a, a, a rolling pin that is so strong with such fantastic power that it can squash cold metal and make it into a thin sheet. Oh man, that's power. That's the kind of stuff you see around the steam. I couldn't believe it. This thing is boom, boom, boom. It would go. That's called the cold strip, the cold rolling mill, and it makes very hard steel. And by the time this thing went back and forth through this machine, it was as thin as a tin can. Fantastic. Well, I want to tell you, I, I thought this was power, see. And I go to the open heart. They have these enormous, fantastic flames. And roaring flames pouring out with enormous heat. You could feel the heat for miles around. I thought this was power. One day, I am walking along with my mail sack. I'm delivering mail, see. I'm about to meet real power. I'm walking along in between two huge buildings, these enormous buildings, like between two big cliffs. And right next to me is a is a freight car. In fact, a whole line of freight cars right next to me, and they were parked next to this building. And I'm walking along, sorting my mail as I go. And ahead of me is a great big conglomeration of what they call the AC number two electrical plant, where they generate all the electricity for this big mill. Tremendous towers, high tension wires, big generators in there. I'm walking along, see, and I could hear the ground thundering because of this generator. And behind me, the open heart is going. Well, all of a sudden, I hear a different sound, a funny sound that came in over all of them. It is a sound like a, like a freight train. It's, it's coming closer and closer, and I can hear it. It's going, you know how the sound of a freight train is? It's going, and then it comes right on me. It goes, I can't believe it. Right over my head and about a hundred feet ahead of me is a fantastic twister. It is a tornado. It just came out of the blue and it's moving right across, right in front of me. I grab a hold of the side of the freight car and I hang on. And the, the next thing I know, all of my mail just flies out and it's gone. I could feel these fantastic forces. And all the high tension wires start collapsing and I saw a gigantic transformer. This transformer was up on the top of a high-tension pole. It must have weighed 12 tons, an enormous transformer. It flew up in the air like a softball, like somebody had bunted a baseball. It just went, whoop, straight up in the air. It rose. Instead of falling, falling it rose. It twisted about three or four times and then headed straight for the ground. And boom, it flattened the brand-new Ford that was sitting out there right underneath that the tower just flattened it. And I saw great sparks as the wires are flying off. Tremendous arcs. And that enormous, that incredible tornado didn't even, didn't even bat an eye. 
The number two AC plant had about as much power to this tornado as a one and a half volt worn ever ready battery has about the time you're ready to throw away. The real power was this tornado. And it just walked towards, it looked like it was walking. It just walked off stage to the left and disappeared and left nothing but smoking ruins and flames. And that transformer lay there, and I could see tar, hot tar, pouring out from it. The, 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 the shorts in this thing had caused the tar to boil, and it was gone. And I just hung on to the side of this, this, this freight car, you know, those ladders they've got. I just hung on the side there, and my, my, my bag, my mail bag was ripped and torn. My mail was gone. One brief instant, a 30-second instant, man, I looked into the face of something, the like of which I would venture to say not one person out of five million has even suspected exists. Oh, man, that's a howling thing out there, and it ain't about to forgive. This is WOR New York. You stay tuned for Lester Smith and the News. detail on the hour from the WOR newsroom. After conferring today with executives of the nation's biggest food retail outlets, Treasury Secretary John Connolly promised what he termed a satisfactory decline in meat prices in the coming weeks. Connolly explained his prediction by saying that beef and pork prices have reached the peak at the wholesale level. The retail chiefs also agreed that meat prices would drop instead of increase further, but they didn't say by how much. Conley then had a message from Washington for the customers of those retailers. There has been a continuing decline in the commitment of the average worker's disposable income toward the purchase of food. Now, that, those are the simple facts. Now, we think if we can, can tell the simple facts to the American housewife and to the American workman, they're going to be fair in their judgments. I'm not worried about that. I don't, I don't think we have to placate them. They're not, they're not babies. We don't have to feed them, uh, spoon feed them pablum. Uh, all we have to do is uh, make the facts available to them. Meanwhile, Congressman Wilbur Mills, the head of the House Ways and Means Committee, says that he is on the verge of advocating an across-the-board freeze of the nation's economy. And that means, according to Mills, food costs, interest rates, profits, wages, and all prices. When asked when he would make a decision on such legislation, Mills said, just a few more weeks. The Food and Drug Administration says labels should be on packaged foods to tell shoppers the protein, calorie, and vitamin content of those foods. An FDA spokesman said the special labeling would be voluntary. The Grocery Manufacturers of America, a trade association, said that it has supported a label system since it was first proposed in 1969 by a White House conference on nutrition and health. Con Edison got New York State Public Service Commission approval today for an electric power rate hike, but the big utility did not get all the revenue-raising authority it had requested. The PSC approved a $42 million additional hike, plus the continuation of the $52 million temporary boost. Con Ed said it wanted $143 million in added revenues instead of the total of $94 million approved by the PSC, there's been no definite breakdown yet on the actual cost of the Con Ed consumers. That will come after the utility redesigns its rate structure. 
unionized New York State Corrections officers have threatened to strike Friday at midnight. A public employees union local met in Albany today to consider their stand during contract talks with the state. And not only was the state's pay offer considered inadequate, but prison security improvements were also rejected. Meanwhile, State Corrections Commissioner Russell Oswald says that he has met 24 of the 37 union demands, adding that it was impossible to accomplish many of the other demands. The guard said that assembly of a maximum security and rehabilitation center for hardcore prisoners was too slow in being realized. Other state employees are also threatening a walkout after Friday when their present contract expires. State mediators...